0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime.
1: It's Rivalry Week, no days off on the Buck Baloo Show. Glad you're with us today, the day before Thanksgiving, here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7, streaming at 680thefan.com. Got that fan app. You can listen on the smart speaker brought to you by South Point Financial Services. The gang is all here. Sean Ernie in the house. Check. Adam Gillespie back from New Jersey, baby. Traveling with that Georgia basketball team. Good to see you back in here, Adam. Glad to see you were able to survive that trip to New Jersey. And Derek Thomas in the house. We're ready to roll. Let's get to work, brother. Bucks, Big Take. All right, the latest college football rankings dropped last night with Ohio State moving up past Alabama to the number two spot. The Tide dropped down to number three with games against Auburn and Georgia still on the board. The big question, can Alabama get in the playoffs with two losses? Remember now, a two-loss team, has never made it into the college football playoffs. So basically, Alabama, Crimson Tide, run the table, and Alabama's in. Lose to Georgia in a tight competitive game, and the Tide is probably still getting in. I'd say I'd put a number 55% chance they still get in just by playing Georgia tough. In that scenario, though, it would help if, if some other things happen. Like Cincinnati losing. Stanford upsetting Notre Dame. The Big 12 gets uh, beats itself up in these final weeks of the season. Also, it would help if there was a blowout in the Ohio State-Michigan game and then an upset in the Big Ten title game. So do you have all of that? Bama's best shot to get in is to take down Georgia next week for the seventh consecutive time. They've beat Georgia six times in a row. How do I know it stands out, brother? I mean, you don't forget about these things. And so that's the big topic as the uh, college, college football playoff rankings came down last night is, is does Alabama get in or not? And there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot of football left to be played, basically. I mean, we can sit here all day. We can bring on David Pollock. We can uh, get Kirk Herbstreet to call up the show, and uh, Reese Davis could chime in, and we would still not really nail it down on how this thing's going to turn out. You know, if we had an 18 playoff, we basically would be set. We'd be ready to roll. And I'm hoping we're going to move uh, closer to that becoming uh, real life, is seeing this playoff Thing expand to uh, eight teams, man. Uh, the more games, the merrier, I believe, for most college football fans out there. I uh, hadn't met a guy yet that really loves watching college football that wants to see this thing stay, stay at four. Want to see more games between the top teams. But uh, right now, four teams get in. And right now, everybody wondering if Alabama's going to make it. 2 lost team, never getting in. So uh, we'll uh, continue to track that and talk about it coming up next week. Got a big show planned today as we got uh, Coleman Rudolph getting lined up, ready to come on the show. And Coleman Rudolph, gosh, if that name doesn't ring a bell, you just hadn't been paying attention. Georgia Tech All-American, team captain, was a member of the 1990 national championship team. Coleman and I go way back, too, back to Valdosta, our hometown, uh, growing up there together, his dad was the Valdosta High defensive coordinator, I believe, for 33 years. And so uh, we, we go way back there. Coleman's dad played for Irk Russell at Grady High School here in Atlanta. So let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on Coleman Rudolph. Back on 680, the fan again. Coleman, great having you on. What? Where are you with this rivalry? Uh, Do you believe this is as intense as it was, say, back when you were playing?
2: Well, I think, unfortunately, for the Tech people, um, you know, it's not. I mean, we, you know, we call this thing the, you know, clean, old-fashioned hate. I think uh, the hate's really one side of the table from the Tech guys. Um, You know, it's hard hard when you're a Georgia fan, and, you know, this game has been – you know, pretty much lopsided for the last three, four decades. Uh, I think it's hard for them to hate us like we hate y'all. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's well. You know, I, I don't want to see this thing go away. I know that's been, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that. But, um, yeah, I, I think the rivalry is definitely different now. Um, you know, it's not different for me. Uh, it's not different for guys that played with you and against you. Um, you know, whenever I, I, I don't own a, a stitch of red clothing in my closet Still? and then never, um, you know, it's just, you know, that that's just the way it is. I mean, it, that's, you know, growing up in a tech family, growing up with, you know, family that was tech people and a dad that played at tech and all of that. I mean, you know uh, we, it just it, it's it was always the the George, and we were always the underdog right we've always been the underdog and that's that's one of the reasons I went to tech cuz I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to be on the underdog side and and you know I will tell you this buck one of the, one of the best moments I ever had I was probably 12 13 years old and bill curry was at tech and larry knew and all those guys that good coaching staff he had they go to Athens win in Athens I remember being in the locker room after that game as a kid and I have never seen grown men more elated than these guys were to beat Georgia in Athens. And and you know, so it's it's that's something that just sticks with you and has always stuck with me.
1: In football, the best of times for you in nineteen ninety, a run for a national championship. You guys go into Athens, take down Georgia at Sanford Stadium. Those were the best of times, were they not?
2: Well, I'll tell you this, you know, what's interesting is uh the year before that. Uh, which was my freshman year, uh, we beat Georgia in in Atlanta. And that was kind of the turnaround year for Bobby Ross. I mean, you couldn't imagine now that that year we beat Clemson and we beat Georgia. We went 7-4 and four and did not get invited to a bowl game.
0: I mean, how, how
2: crazy and odd does that sound now? But I think that game in Atlanta when we beat Georgia was kind of the spark for the off season. And for Bobby Ross and George O'Leary and Ralph Friedman and all these guys, I think that was really the start of us understanding that we can do something special. And, you know, it carried over into that that championship season. But, yeah, I mean, to go, you know, to have a game you win in Atlanta and then be able to go to Athens and win between the hedges and, and all the history that's there. Um, you know, that next year was, you know, was huge. And that really propelled us, you know, to have confidence going in, playing Nebraska, uh, you know, in the Citrus Bowl and being able to be successful in that game.
1: Bobby Ross, he was a national coach of the year back in those days. How did he handle this Georgia-Georgia Tech game? You know,
2: that's one thing that's always been interesting. I mean, when you look at guys that are outsiders, and and when I was at Georgia Tech, we had, you know, O'Leary, Fregent, uh, Bobby Ross, you know, those were all guys that weren't from the state of Georgia, right? And 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 Frieden and O'Leary, I mean, they were from New York, right? So they don't. What do they know about this <laughs> this rivalry? But it's funny because when you get into something like that, I mean, you can you can the hate can start building, um, you know. And I think that's one of the advantages that Kirby Smart always will have in this rivalry is that you know he was on the field for Georgia. He understands what it means to walk out on that field in Atlanta and have people dog cussing you, yelling at you, talking about your mom. I mean, you know, you just don't forget that stuff. And and that's an advantage that Kirby has because, you know, he does have that built-in hatred for this rivalry. Um, and, and, you know, but I think a lot of these guys who, who weren't from Georgia, um, you know, it, it wasn't the same thing. Now, it, it grew on these guys, I'll tell you that, because a lot of the guys I played with at Georgia Tech were New York guys you know, out-of-state guys, and, and to this day, if you ask them, I mean, they'll, they'll tell you they can't stay in Georgia.
1: Coleman, as you know, I, I loved and treasured your father, uh, like a lot of guys that grew up in Valdosta. What did he tell you about the days when he was a star linebacker at Georgia Tech about the Tech-Georgia rivalry back then?
2: Well, and he had family, you know, that uh, the Grant family. Um, you know, his brother, Bill Rudolph, who lived in Atlanta, married Lillian Grant. Who was a part of the Grant family, which is Grant Field, and you know, so it, it went back long before that, you know, before he got to Georgia Tech. But you know, I mean, he 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 had a great career at Grady High School. Um, you know, was a kid selling peanuts in the stands at Grant Field, um, you know, and and that was that was where he wanted to go and and where he wanted to be. But I will I will give him credit though, Buck, because you remember this. When he was at Valdosta High School and you came through and John Lastinger came through and Keith Middleton came through, we went to Georgia games. We went I mean, I was in the locker room at every Georgia-Florida game that you played in, in the locker room after the game, in the Georgia locker room. And we went to a lot of games in Athens, and he was committed to his kids and his players. So no matter what his hatred was, he put that aside You know, for you and for Keith and for John Lastinger, he really did. He put that aside for you guys.
1: These teammates you played with during that national title year and the years around that, Swilling uh, was a a heck of a player. Sean Jones, tremendous player. Marco Coleman, he got you a lot of one-on-one opportunities. Who are the guys you remember as you reflect back at your day at Georgia Tech that, that helped you beat Georgia?
2: Well, I mean, it was really cool. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the the 30th reunion. Now it's actually in the 31st year because of the, you know, because of COVID, but we had it this year and to see all those guys. And we had some pictures that, you know, people had that they wanted to share. And it was, you know, pictures of us in the huddle and going back and thinking about all that, you know, it was, it was just tremendous. And it, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just the, the players, right? It wasn't just Sean Jones and William Bell and Mike Mooney and the offensive linemen and, you know, Marco Coleman and Willie Clay and Ken Swilling and Calvin Tiggle and, you know, all of these guys that, that you know, are thought of now. And Scott Sisson, I mean, it's amazing to think on those teams, you know, we had four All-Americans on, on that, on that you know, that run. Um, but it was the coaching staff, too. You know, when you talk about Bobby Ross, you talk about George O'Leary, Ralph Regan, you know, the way that those guys were able to scheme guys up and, and take us to a level that we probably weren't ready for, um, you know, it, it's just amazing. And to see a lot of those guys and get to see Coach O'Leary, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, just brought back a lot of memories. And, you know, I mean, that's where I want Georgia Tech to get to. That's what I want to happen to that program. And it's going to take a lot of work, but, you know, I think it's something that, that they can do over time, Um you know, so at this point, I'm I'm hoping we win games, but I'm more hoping that you guys lose
1: games. <laughs> uh, is, is there the hope that Collins can get this turned around after a third year?
2: Well, I think, you know, look, if you're a Georgia Tech person and you're not realistic in understanding that the day they hired Paul Johnson, one of two things was going to happen. One, we were going to run the triple option for the rest of time at Georgia Tech. And he had to hire, you know, when Paul Johnson was gone, he had to hire another guy to run it. Or two, you were going to be in a situation where you were going to totally have to revamp the program. And that's where they are now. The COVID year didn't help. But I think Jeff Collins, you know, if you want to talk about the things he's done well, the culture's definitely changed. The recruiting is definitely better. Um, You know, as a high school coach, I mean, we didn't really see Paul Johnson. Uh, We hear and see from Georgia Tech now, and I think that's been pretty much across the board. Um, But now it's a situation where the kids have to get coached up. Are these the right guys that he has on his staff in different spots? Um, You know, and that's something that Jeff has to take care of. And then Todd Stansberry's got to take care of the bigger picture down there. And, you know, is he the right guy? I think he is, but I don't know that some of the people he has are the right people on the staff.
1: Coleman, thanks so much for spending some time with us today, man. You made the show better. We appreciate it. All right, Buck. Appreciate it, buddy. Y'all play good. Have a good Thanksgiving, man, you and your family. There hey, he goes, Coleman Rudolph. 39-2, and the teams he played on at Valdosta High, where I grew up, uh, at Georgia Tech from 89 to 92, won that national championship in 1990. 2-2 two and two in this clean, old-fashioned hate rivalry. Great having Coleman on, by the way. All right, coming up next, who's going to get that Florida job? Uh, well, I've got some guys that, that won't be the Gators head coach. I'll share that with you. David Green's coming up in the next segment. We'll get the bulldog angle on this clean, old-fashioned hate. A lot to come. Glad you're with us. Buck show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers, and here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com. To start or complete your entire purchase online or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime.
1: show on The Fan, sponsored by Wellstar Health System, 10 o'clock hour, brought to you by the Haug Law Group. And there's a lot of love going around this radio station, heading into Thanksgiving. People out there hugging each other, wishing each other the greatest of Thanksgiving days. I mean, it is a wonderful thing here at The Fan these days. A lot of love going on. And it's always a lot of love going on when Chris Mortensen joins the show. For the latest on the NFL, we turn to the
4: fans' truest NFL reporter, Chris Mortensen. Presented by the Atlanta Painting Company, Atlanta's premier residential and commercial painting company. Call 1-800-PAINTING or visit atlantapaintingcompany.com.
1: Chris Mortensen joins us every Wednesday on the Blue Show. He joins us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. Mort, you got a big Thanksgiving set up?
5: Yes, I do. Uh, It's uh, a nice little, what are those called, those little turkeys? They're they're little hens. The little uh, uh, miniature cookies? It'll be just my wife and I, and unfortunately, three games that I'm not looking all that forward to. uh, Tomorrow night will be good, Bills and Saints. Yeah, the Lions are hard to watch these days. The, The Lions are hard to watch these days, there's no question. It is a tradition. I'll watch them. And uh and there's a lot of uh a lot of things swirling around as you know with the Bears and you know, I think the Annie Dalton will actually do a pretty good job for them them all. Uh but uh but otherwise, yeah, listen, I'm. I hope that everybody out there, even in the midst of uh, some challenges, have plenty of things to be thankful for. I certainly do.
1: There's no doubt about it, Mort, and I hope you guys have a good one there. So uh let's start with the Bears. Nagy, uh, the rumors are flying around. He's going to get cut loose after this game tomorrow. He says it's not true. What can you tell us?
5: Uh, listen, I have not heard that he's been told uh, that he's going to be fired after this game. You know, my feelings is, uh, are that he, he sees what their record is. He knows the circumstances he's in. And any time after Thanksgiving, especially with some new uh, tweaks in the hiring allowances and uh, well interview allowances. You can start. You can actually interview other uh, candidates earlier than you ever could. Uh, generally, you know, if you're in a position where they decided to let you go at the end end of the year, it's going to happen after Thanksgiving. It's going to happen in December, and so uh, I think he's, he, he he realizes that. But you know, if they win them all, then then they're what four and six, something like that. So. Uh, but I've, I've not been able to confirm that report.
1: Well, what happened with the Giants, uh, Joe Judge letting Jason Garrett loose, the offensive coordinator, uh, really vanilla offense. More When I watched the Giants play under Garrett, it you know wasn't real exciting football.
5: No, I, I agree with you, and I like Jason a lot. I, I actually think Jason's a, a really good leader and more of, a, you know, I think he's, as a head coach candidate, I think he's a better head coach candidate than he is an offensive coordinator. Uh, but uh, here's the thing about it: is I'm like you. I'm watching that game the other night. I knew they had a lot of time to prepare, and I said, "Wow, that doesn't look very good." But it also has to fall on uh, the personnel department and general manager Dave Gettleman because what have they talked about since they've it was, since they've taken over? Dave uh, uh, was getting those, you know, that offensive line set. And I know they've had injuries, uh, but the offensive line didn't get set. And you cannot win. You cannot have an offense without an offensive line that is at least top 12, uh, top 15. It's got to be cohesive, and uh, it just, it, it just, it, it just it wasn't working. And so now we've got Freddie Kitchen stepping in as a play caller. We'll see how that works. But, uh, you know, I know this much. I think a lot of, a lot of people are looking that there's going to be massive turnover there with the Giants once again. I don't know that it will involve Joe Judge. I don't think so. I, I think making a move on Jason Garrett probably uh, gives him, uh, you know, some some uh, another year maybe. But uh, it's not pretty. I mean, the Giants fans are, have been waiting for for a long time for this thing to turn around. It just hasn't happened.
1: Mort, we got the uh, Falcons taking on the Jags this weekend. And most of the early part of the week, we've been all over Dan Mullen getting let go down at Florida. Have you heard anything about Mullen joining Urban Meyer to be Trevor Lawrence's quarterback coach?
5: I have not. I have not. I mean, was, you know, there have been things that have gone through my mind thinking there are some people out there who who like Dan Mullen as an offensive coach. Uh, and uh, I don't know the relationship between Urban and and, and Dan Mullen. I know that Mullen's peers respect him as an offensive coach. Uh, and, you know, since he doesn't like recruiting, maybe I, uh, trying the NFL game would be a good thing. So I think that uh, we'll see how things go with the rest of the way with Trevor Lawrence. It's just been okay. But, I mean, there's a reason why the Jaguars had the first pick in the draft.
1: Yeah, I just and, look uh, at uh, Bevel, who, uh, you know, I, ever since they uh, didn't hand the ball uh, on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl to that beast they had at running back and through the interception, I've been a little down
5: on Bevel and look, well, Trevor I just, Lawrence. I still put that on Pete Carroll. I still put okay. that on Pete Carroll. All but, right, but I I would understand because Pete wouldn't have to overrule anybody if you, if you just say give it the give it to the, the beast mode.
1: Right, but then now we got Trevor Lawrence. He had not thrown a touchdown pass in three weeks.
5: No, and, and and listen, that's the 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 learning curve for Trevor was going to be a little bit higher than I think than the the people's perception. You know, Clemson. Clemson's offense, pretty simplified, just tremendous talent. But Trevor is going to be a a franchise quarterback. You see it at times. You see the tools that he has. I don't know that he'll be the best quarterback in this class, but he has the tools to be the best quarterback in this class, and that's why he was taken. I remember pre-draft, it was like this. I heard people talk about other quarterbacks. You know, one person even told me, Justin Fields in three years will be the best quarterback in this class. But – if I was picking first, this is this GM. But if I was picking first, I'd have to take Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to unfold. It's got to, and we'll see how Urban Meyer, you know, let's we'll see, we'll see how he handles this uh, this uh, rough season too.
1: Yeah, and I wonder about that more. Is he on solid ground in Jacksonville? He's already had so many missteps. The uh, the team obviously losing. We should have expected that part of it. But is he okay down there?
5: Yes, the owner, Shaj Khan, is, is, has, is backing Urban 100%. I think the people I speak to wonder, have always wondered, can Urban really live with this type of, we're rebuilding, we're going to lose double-digit games, and we might lose double-digit games for a couple years. Uh, you know, they don't think he's wired that way, and uh, we'll see if he has the patience for it. And then when you start firing coaches, assistant coaches, and it happens, then you all of a sudden you're, you're restarting with that uncertainty. And so I think that it isn't a matter whether the owner is behind Urban, it's whether Urban truly will stick this out.
1: Moren, I see where the Titans cut Adrian Peterson. Is he now done?
5: It wasn't a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought Adrian might come in and do well, but uh, you know, I, I, I would think that he's. He's somewhat done, but with everything that's going on with injuries and and even with expanded rosters, and we now see that COVID nineteen is going to, you know, especially as the season enters and and it's a flu season as well, uh, that you know people will hey listen you never know when all of a sudden we are desperate for a running back we'll give him a call at least he's at least he's had three weeks of practice.
1: Yeah, we could use him here in Atlanta right now. More great stuff as always, man. We uh, we're thankful that you come on my show every week talking NFL football with us, and just hope you and the family have a great Thanksgiving, buddy.
5: Thanks, Buck. We're thankful to be on the station for all these years and thankful for you, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there and all my friends because I know they listen because they text me after this.
1: Thanks, Mort. We appreciate it. Bye, buddy. There goes Mort. Chris Mortensen, man, NFL insider, 680 the fan insider. It's really what he is, and we're lucky to have him. Let's hit a college football nugget, Nerney. Mmm, tasty. (laughs) Time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. All right, I was uh, overnight working those sources uh, close to the Florida Gator program. They're in the market for a new head coach. Cutting Mullen loose. And everybody's wondering, now, is Bob Stoops, does he want this Gator's job? Bob Stoops, who's now been out of the college football scene. This is fifth year away from college football, former Oklahoma coach. I know there are a lot of Stoops brothers out there. It can get confusing. 61 years young. 61. This is still a young guy, Bob Stoops. He's got to be refreshed, right, being away from this 12-month-a-year job these college coaches are putting in. But I'm told Bob Snoops is not really a legitimate candidate for the job. And this is from people that are in the know. Texted one this morning. You think Bob Stoops wants the job? The uh, source says maybe, but I don't think he's a serious candidate. Lane Kiffin's not a serious candidate either. And you're going to see his name in this coaching search at Florida was told a couple of days ago that the Florida decision makers the Gator decision makers were so put out with the foolishness that Mullen bought, brought to the program that they don't want any part of that moving forward and that's <clears throat> that's Lane Kiffin for you right there you're going to get some of that foolishness with Lane Kiffin they don't want any part of that expect Kiffin to end up somewhere else if he leaves Ole Miss. So what do you get? You get a serious minded coach taking the Florida job whether it's Mario Cristobal, Billy Napier, Matt Campbell, a guy that's serious about recruiting the state of Florida and locking it down, getting those four and five star recruits. It's embarrassing to see where the Gators recruiting has fallen with all that talent in the state. So they're going to get a guy that's serious about recruiting and serious about winning football games. That's what I'm being told these days and there's your college football nugget got david green coming up here in a couple of minutes we get to the bulldog Roundtable, which gives me a chance to hit georgia and georgia tech for a moment uh road dog is this the 115th meeting or the 113th meeting yeah nobody i'm going with 113 right because you're a georgia guy right we don't count those games back during what was it world war ii Correct. Yeah, yeah. We don't count those losses back then. The Jackets, I look at this Georgia Tech football team, and they've got a lot of problem areas, but their weakest spot is in the secondary. Blowing coverages, miscommunication. They're giving up these big plays in the secondary almost every week now. So i tell you, Baloo was thinking something crazy. I would start JT Daniels in this game, and I would lead with the passing game. And I would target Swilling and Wanye Thomas and and Carpenter, and I would get after those guys in the first quarter, throw in the football, carve them up, start fast, and put a ton of points on the scoreboard. And it's not just about Georgia Tech, really. It's about looking ahead to next week. If Saban saw Kirby Smart do that, start JT Daniels, attack with the passing game, throw for 400 yards and six touchdowns, what would Saban be thinking over there in Tuscaloosa heading into the SEC title game? What is the deal going on with Georgia? Because right now, they're looking at Georgia and saying, okay, they, they're going to ground and pound. They're going to play the style of play Alabama was playing back in 2012. Ground and pound. They're going to uh, take a shot in the play-action game with Stetson throwing it deep. And then Stetson's going to run it a little bit. Same old, same old. Why not shock their system over at Alabama? Do I need to remind Kirby and the Georgia people that Georgia has lost six games in a row to Alabama? What's up, Buck? Uh, Kirby's coming on the show today? I'm not prepared for that. Thank you, Buck. Shock Alabama, I say. Throw the football. Speaking of throwing the football, hearing a lot overnight, Brock Bowers tremendous freshman tight end for Georgia. Not a finalist for the Mackey Award. And people went, how can that be? This guy is tremendous. Well, let me answer that question for you. Brock Bowers is tremendous. And I totally think he is awesome. And he's going to have some great days ahead. But he's averaging three catches a game. How are you going to win the the Mackey Award when you're touching the ball three times a game? By the way, the individual honors, they take a back seat when you're in the running for a national championship. So that's what I got to say about that. Let's head back to the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line, bring on David Green in the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk
4: station of the dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, first night like 15, 10 get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Howe Glaw Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame. Only on The Fan, 680 and 93.7
1: FM great having you on today s e c championship quarterback back in two thousand and two all s e quarterback and exited georgia the winningest quarterback in college football history with forty two wins and four of those came against georgia Tech david how were you how do you remember that georgia tech rivalry
6: you know bug. first of all good to good to be with you buddy happy thanksgiving thanks um, back at you man absolutely you know it's always a fun week because we were out of school, so the the schedule's always different when it comes to Tech Week. Um, it's always Thanksgiving week, and, and um, you know, this was always a game, and look, even the years when when we were a good bit better than Tech, we never, I promise you, because I planned on living in a state after I was done playing, we never took Tech lightly by any stretch. Um, it was always a team we had a lot of respect for, but it was always one I was going to look, man, if, if I plan on living in a state, uh, going 4-0 against Tech was a was a big deal. And I know a lot of times, you know, years we were playing in SEC championships and the whole deal, you know, it's probably some of the fan base were already overlooking that game and getting ready for the championship. But I will tell you, as a player, I mean, this is one uh, I enjoyed playing it. I uh, have grown-up in the state. I knew a lot of the guys on the other side. A lot of us got recruited at the same time and there was buddies on the other side. Um, it was just a fun week because it was, you didn't have class. The schedule was a little bit different. Um, and of course, yeah, I knew a lot of buddies on the other side, so wanted the win for the bragging rights for sure.
1: David, I grew up in Valdosta, and uh, during that time, there were a lot of players that were going to Georgia Tech. Uh, Wright Bazemore, the coach at the time, sent a lot of his best players up to Tech, and so you know there wasn't as many guys going to Georgia. But I grew up with a healthy respect for uh, Tech and and what they did back uh, years ago, and I'm with you. You know, the tech, the respect I had for Georgia Tech was really about knowing a lot of the players that you were playing against. Uh, you know, I had a teammate from high school that went and played for Tech. He was a safety, so we were actually going up against him for a couple of years. Sweet Lawrence Lowe was his name, God rest his soul. So that was where the respect came from. You know the players on the... A lot of the players on the Georgia Tech team. You grew up playing against them, playing with them.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean... Buck, when I was getting recruited, uh, I think Tech. This is back when George O'Leary, Ralph Regent was calling the plays. They had Joe Hamilton as quarterback. I mean, they beat Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, it was three years in a row. Um, I think it was my friend, my redshirt freshman years when we kind of were able to kind of turn the tables again uh, in Atlanta. But yeah, I always had a health of respect because they were good too. I mean, on top of I knew a lot of the guys. I mean, they were. You know, they were a tough opponent, had great coaches. I mean, Georgia Leary, head coach, got Ralph Regent calling plays, and he got guys like Joe Hamm, um, you know, back there making a play. So, yeah, it was a tough game. I mean, this was one – I mean, I still remember, um, you know, going on a recruiting visit for Georgia Tech, watching the Georgia Georgia Tech game where Joe Hamm and, and Quincy, they went back-to-back. I think the game finished 51-50, and you had that kind of crazy fluke play down there on the goal line. I think it was Charles Grant. They said, you know, that he had fumbled. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a it was a much bigger game than I think than where it is right now, where it's been probably the last, you know, five, ten years. But the thing that always scared me is when Paul Johnson was there and they are running that triple option, we always had a difficult time stopping that offense. Always had, just because we're not used to seeing it. I uh, actually feel better now that, you know, they, they run more of a conventional offense than, than what they did when Paul was there.
1: How did Coach Rick, the classy guy, how did Coach Rick handle the rivalry behind the scenes?
6: Well, you know, one thing I remember about Coach Rick this week is you know, we'd we'd sit together in a QB room and and we'd all go around the table and just, you know, we'd talk about the things we were thankful for, and he was always you know, at this point um, he always seemed to be in a really good mood this week, but he obviously understood the importance of this game. I've heard I've heard a number of coaches and people say, people get fired over this game. you got to win this game. There's no exception. you know. And, and there's been a number of coaches that have gotten fired over this game through the years. But, you know, we always felt confident, uh, extremely confident going into this game. But at the same time, like you mentioned, we always had a healthy respect for Tech. It was not a game to go out there and just roll your hat out and, and say, hey, we're Georgia. We're, you know, we're, we're better. We're going to win. No, we had to show up and play and compete. And so I always felt like, Coach, the move was a little bit lighter because it was Thanksgiving week. Uh, But at the same time, we were geared up, ready to go.
1: You still having problems with that thumb? I remember, what was it, 2004, your senior year? (laughs) Yeah. You guys got off to a quick start. Then here comes Tech. They they come rambling back into the game. You guys had to hold on late. I think you came out of the game with a, what was it, a broken thumb? And then you went back into the game late trying to put it away.
6: Yeah, I ended up, um, I just remember it was a, you know, you never dream of senior day being cold and rainy and nasty. It was the worst day, you know, I have to deal with as a quarterback. Uh, but we ended up throwing a touchdown to Fred Gibson. And when I came down, my thumb, you know, hit a guy's helmet. And, and it did. It broke my, you know, broke my thumb on my throwing hand, which is, you know, very difficult to throw a football, you know, if you got a broken thumb right there. So, yeah, you know, it was it was a tough game. It was back and forth a good bit, and it was senior day. I wanted to go back in, and I knew if we just made, you know, a couple of first downs, I kind of iced it. So, n- not the way I envisioned going out on senior day, but you know, glad we were able to get that, you know, get that thing done.
1: David, watching this bulldog team play, do you think they beat Alabama? Uh, do you believe that this is a team that can capture the national championship?
6: I do. I mean, this is. By far the best Georgia team I've seen in a long time, I mean the one thing you could you could say about Georgia in the past is a little bit of a roller coaster you know times we would you know there would be days or games where we just didn't show up and I haven't seen that at all. I mean this team looks like they love to play football, and um yeah i mean they've they've been phenomenal. When you talk about Alabama, this is probably the first year I think I could say with confidence. Uh, that I think we could whip them in the trenches. And I don't think I could ever say that in the past. And so when I've watched Alabama play up front, I mean, they they have not had the dominance up front that they have had in the last decade, in my opinion. And I think Georgia, for the first time, has really kind of taken over uh, from the dominance. And the level of athletes that we have on this team is unbelievable. Um, I, I mean – yeah, you saw flashes of it the last few years and certainly the 2018. I think the 2018 team was just so good because the fact they played together, we had an identity. But the explosive playmakers that we have on this team is at a whole nother level. And so they're totally the defense has just been dominant. You could tell they have built – they've built a brand that they all believe in now. And you could tell these boys were – I think in years past we were hoping we could beat Bama – I think we, at this point, uh, they know that they probably should be Bama, but they obviously got to go out there and play uh, their best football in order to do so. Because let's face it, Alabama is Alabama, and they've got a great football team. They've got a great football coach. They've got a bunch of five-star recruits as well. Uh, but if there's ever a team, you know, ever a time for Georgia to do it, it is this year. Sounds good to me. We appreciate you
1: setting aside some time to be with us today. Appreciate you, bud. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, David. David Green, one of the all time greats over at Georgia. Coming up next, we'll chop it up. We'll give you the latest with the Freddie Freeman free agency watch, plus more to come. It's Buck Blue show here on The Fan, 680
0: 93
1: 7. It's the Buck Ballou show on The Fan, 680 and 93 7. We appreciate you listening to the show. And if you miss it between 10 and 11, 11-
0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com. To start or complete your entire purchase online or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the The power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. The
3: winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win.
1: You can still catch it on the fan app or go to 680thefan.com and get this show podcast, I believe, is still getting posted pretty much every day. So you can catch it there. And a lot of giving back going on around Thanksgiving. Chuck and Chernoff are giving back. Uh, They're they're giving it up Tuesday, November 30th. So next Tuesday from the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving and is a day of giving that encourages people to come together to support a local cause. To learn more and donate, visit acfb.org slash donate. I tell you that, Chuck and Chernoff. Always giving back, it seems. Let's chop it up, Narnie. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop
4: it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. It's from Velasquez. That is ripped to deep right field. Down the line, this one flies, and that hits the facade of the second deck. Freddie Freeman swinging a stick of dynamite. It's 2-0 Braves as he just drilled that
1: one off the second deck and right. Yeah, uh, Freddie Freeman doing a lot of damage this World Series season, especially the second half of the year. He was tremendous. Got to re-sign Freddie. So let's see what the latest is. This is day number 16 of the free agency watch. Day number 16. Nothing new to report today. So I would imagine that the Braves have not offered Freddie that sixth year on the contract extension. Otherwise, we might have some good news to report today. And uh, Austin Riley, shout out to Austin. Uh, A lot of great things happening to Austin. Riley got a baby on the way. First team MLB third baseman. Incredible breakout season. Won the Silver Slugger Award for third base. World Series champion. Proud to say I've been on his bandwagon all along. And there you go. That's us chopping it up. Have you heard the fans' free Dirty Bird tailgates back? Join us Sunday, 10 to 1, at the corner of Marietta and Centennial Olympic Park Drive. Loaded up with drinks from Corona, Modelo, Monster Energy, fresh-made libations from Larceny Bourbon, Deep Eddie Vodka, and music by all that. You can lock up a free ticket now at 680thefan.com slash central And join us for another party in the Fan Tailgate Series. Huge thanks to Corona, Modelo Especial. Larceny Bourbon, Deep Eddy Vodka, Monster Energy, the Atlanta Gladiators, baby, the Georgia Hemp Company, and my good friends at Lidl Food Market. Time for the final word, and today the final word is Joe Hamilton. I and I, Joe Hamilton and I, uh, broke down Saturday's Georgia Georgia Tech game on my podcast Bucks Beat. Part one has been up since Friday of us talking about our experiences and clean old-fashioned hate. Part two of episode 41 dropped this morning. And in part two, we're breaking down the game on Saturday. Both sides of the ball, looking at Tech and Georgia. If you're looking for a game breakdown, I want to invite you to check out Buck's Beat that is sponsored by my good friend Mickey Himes and the GetMickey.com team at Keller Williams and also the good people at T-Mobile. You can find it wherever... You get your podcast, or you can go to thepodcastpark.com. And remember now, you got to scroll down to find it. Scroll down, and you'll find it there probably at the bottom of the page. But a Georgia Georgia Tech game breakdown with me and Joe Hamm. That was fun doing it. All right, that's going to do it for the Buck Belush Show. We'll be back on Friday. Hope you'll join us then. My hope is that you have a peaceful and a lot of good fellowship on your Thanksgiving Day holiday. Enjoy the downtime. Again, we're back on Friday. Nick and Chris coming up next. Stick around for that here on
0: The Fan.
5: Great to see you, Buck. Thank you, Buck.
0: Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard, just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves
3: and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent APY and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like you can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort,
4: where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new fins Up Water Park. Thrills. Chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.